Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, there was a bit of a fallout in the darts between Peter Wright and Adrian Yes. Lewis. And so our old mate Dave Clark joined us to take us through the card of yeah, the feuds past and present. Incredible, yeah, it was good. Um, we also had a chat with Charlie Starmer-Smith, the uh, son of uh, Nigel Starmer-Smith, the former England rugby player and uh, commentator, has brought out a song. In his uh, dad's on, he'll be. Uh, you'll be hearing more about that. That was moving, and uh, we also met a new comedian. Yes, yeah, Scott good. Bennett. We'd never met him before. He was on really good form, um, and uh, we hope you enjoy hearing from him. We had a bit of a chat about various things. Yes, I had a little bit of a rant about the football. Of course, you go. did. We'd expect that. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy, and I cannot think what you're going to moan about. <laughs> Frustrating afternoon for you. You were there. Yes, I was there, yeah. I mean, how we've not won the last two games. It's um, But look, you can't blame anybody else. You can't. You know, I, I don't like, I didn't like the way United played. I thought it was, you know, for a club of their calibre, I thought it was pathetic. I they really needed did. something from the game, though. You can yeah, understand I mean, no, why. I can they understand did. that. They can't but go toe-to-toe. But, to toe, you know, yeah, but I thought they were, were really, really poor. Tony Cascarino was saying the same thing. I mean, honestly, if they want to play like that, they should have appointed Sean Dyche. It was, like, it was a like, bit harsh. It was like watching Burnley. It was. <laughs> De Gea played every ball long, so you know, and they and they got everybody behind the ball. Fine, but it was so boring to watch. And uh, they got a new man in charge now. Of course. Well, we'll see what happens there then. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was. It's difficult when you've got twelve versus ten as well. You know, they had Anthony Taylor and we had Timo Werner. So it's difficult, isn't it? Really, it's always hard to win a game. I think you said you weren't going to blame anybody else. Timo Werner, honestly, yeah. have you ever in all your life? Tuchel said, "Oh yeah, he, he looks sharp in training." You think, what well, did everybody else? Like looking at their watches and thinking, when can we get home? I mean, yeah. he's absolutely hopeless. It might as well be said. I mean, I just, I just can't <laughs> believe it. He, he doesn't do anything. It is like playing with ten men. If he gets the ball, he loses it. He either runs offside or he misses the chance. What, what's the point of him? He had all the other options, and I think it's Tuchel's Achilles' heel. This when the when he's chasing again. Why didn't he make some changes? We're all shouting, "Change it! Come on, mate!" He left Werner on for eighty minutes. You think you've said to me before? You don't think he's great at responding when things aren't going well? well at yesterday, times. you saw the same thing. I couldn't see why he wasn't changing it, yeah. and you know. It, 
Hudson Adoy has been great, but he was struggling a bit. You know, he, he had options on the bench. He had so many options yeah. that he could have done something, and he didn't. And I thought it was a very strange thing. But even, but despite that, they played all right. They they just didn't put the ball in the net. I mean, there's something something like about. 75 chances against Malmo, Burnley and United. They scored three goals. Yeah. I mean, that is that is their well, problem. You've got, you got your main man back now. Uh, I mean, yeah. you in Lukaku. Yeah, yeah. He'll probably start midweek, I would think, against Watford. He's got a big so. job, Ragnick. They've got great players, United, yeah. but they do. They are a bit of a mess, really. And so I'm sure he'll get them organised. I'm sure he'll get them yeah. playing. But you Well, know. we'll get Andy Brown. We've not had a chance. That, that news broke, obviously, after Andy was in last mm. Monday with uh, with Andy and Charlie. So we'll get his thoughts on, on that move. Now it's mm. been confirmed that Ragnick will be taking over. I think they've still got to sort his the final points of his work permit out so but I imagine he'll be in the dugout Thursday won't yeah, he yeah. Think it's going to be an interesting finding. week's football I mean it's so close between the top three and you know dropping points at home to the low teams like Burnley and United is very costly yeah. <laughs> it's great it was so nice not to not to have my weekend ruined by yeah. Tottenham yeah. It was just, I'd strap myself in for a bit of a kind of Sean Chris Wood Dice, style though. shellacking what a cliche that was by Dice coming out just in his shirt Jersey. come on mate wear a coat you've not been pressing anybody <laughs> otherwise pathetic Really? Okay. Cool, you got it in for Sean today. Always strikes me as a fairly decent bloke. No, First he's a, he's a good bloke. Team. I now like he, him. Yeah, I, you know. No, no, I, I thought they did very Some well. Don't when they came to the Chelsea, they did really well. I thought that was that was kind of acceptable. But for United to play the same way, I thought was so, pretty unacceptable. Andy, some people don't feel the cold. I mean, you know, your postman, when your postman rocks up today, mine yeah. had, I think he had a fleece on the pair of shorts. Oh, bloke in the, in the crowd yesterday. Next to us, three, two or three down, he had shorts on. We said to him, why are you wearing shorts? He said, I like wearing shorts. Oh, okay. You can't argue with that, can you? <laughs> well, you can't. That's a good, you, that's there's sort of no logic. comeback. There's no comeback. <laughs> there isn't. Now, um, if, if you don't feel the cold, let us know. I mean, it's not much of a course. Sounds, that, that reeks of rust. Uh, hello, Paul. I don't yeah. feel the cold. cold. Hello, Tony here from Hull. Don't feel the cold. Line four. It's Keith here. Yeah, let's take Bridlington. calls on it. <laughs> Yeah, don't feel the cold. Why? Don't know. Just don't feel it. Fact, let's go to line three. It's gold, isn't it? Yes. What do they want? Max, he's, he's written that down. Yes, he'll be doing he's that written in a margin. Week. Don't feel did the you, cold. Did you see that? In, that you know Saturday. they're having a test event in Qatar this week. Yeah. For the World Cup, they're having they are, aren't they? Yeah. But they haven't got any fans, so they've they've hired actors. They've got no fans. What is they, this? The Wilston Raider, <laughs> the Qatar Raider. <laughs> they've hired actors as fans. Hello, love. I turned down Death in Paradise <laughs> for Qatar versus. Dubai yeah. should be marvellous and that be an song <laughs> that song you want me to sing and is there a dance with it no just mate just sing just sing the name of uh, so is it one and a two and a turn and a gesticulate rudely and a back and a three it'd be good yeah it'd be good Great. the other thing I want to hear from you on today you're probably aware that the Tan Hill Inn uh, Britain's highest pub in the Yorkshire Dales mm. um, has had has basically had a lock-in for three days well, that's great, isn't it? Because everybody's stuck in there. Um, so There's something exciting about that. It's happened to me. See, there is You've a, been snowed in. I was snowed in when I was doing a, uh, the Close Show Live Fashion Awards. Oh, marvellous. Yeah, Can we forget those? <laughs> <laughs> At NEC Birmingham, yeah. I was uh, presenting them, and uh, wow, what about uh, yes, and uh, what's who was called? who else was? Uh, well, on... Jeff Banks was there. Oh, Jeff Banks, Selena Scott, Selena Scott. So, ask your mum and dad. Yeah. So I drove up there, and I'm going from the hotel, and the snow's really bad. Yeah. So much so that the motorway has just it's just stopped. 
people it's one of those just where people just leave their cars. And I did. I just got out of my car and left it there wow. and hiked across the field because I had professional responsibilities to be there. So wow. I hiked across this field. What a trooper you are. Thigh deep in snow. Yeah. I get there and everything's fine. I do the thing. But at night, no one can leave. No one can get back to their hotels. Wow. Except for Selena and Jeff, who were staying sort of underneath. There was a tunnel from the NEC to their hotel. What, they had it yeah. built? Jeff, to be fair to Jeff, he stayed. <laughs> the kind of money they had then. <laughs> he did. He stayed. The BBC <laughs> would do things like that for you then. If Selena wanted a tunnel built, she'd have a tunnel built. Yeah. They both hung around for quite a long time, but in the end, Selena went home. Did but you? Jeff stayed around. Yeah, I was, I was pretty impressed well, with it. What a great showbiz story it about was. Selena and Jeff and, but we and slept, Andy I Jacobs. mean, basically slept in the, in the lecture theatre. What, the three of you? No. There's your sitcom pilot. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Could be one of those like urban myths, those things that Sky do, those little yeah. half-hour uh, plays, couldn't they? Was, anyway, the reason I brought this yeah. up is we want to get you involved in this. Have you ever been a captive audience? Because it did strike mm. me. Um, some of the people who are in this pub in the Tan Hill Inn, they may be listening now, but could be some talk sport listeners, who knows, are an Oasis tribute uh, band. So I'm sure at first someone said, set up, boys, set up, because they thought they'd only be there for about three or four yeah. hours. So they've gone through the... They oh, look back. And they've gone through... <laughs> Through the car, the place she's and then we everybody's loving it. Yeah. And then, they, then four or five mm. hours again. This one's from standing on the shoulder. Yeah, all right, mate. Get the idea. Um, and then so, so at one point, the guitarist will pick up the guitar and start playing the opening chords <laughs> of Wonderwall. They say, no, put put that down. Someone's going to smash it over his head Anything. after about two or Anything three else. days. So um, yes, tales of being a captive audience. Uh, we'd like to. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily gold. Podcast. Uh, do you feel the cold? Uh, Talksport.com. <laughs> Text 8 to 89. Tweet TSH and J. Maybe there are hardy types like the dishes of this world near you. They're almost certainly posties. Because mm. um, there's, you know, there'll, there'll be a load of them. How many? If you're a poster, you've gone out in shorts today. Come on, let us know, you know, because it can't be Sean Dyche, can't be the hardest man in Great Britain. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Now, I, I suppose there's not many sports apart from sort of combat sports where you're at that at, uh, up close and personal with your opponent for mm. a long period of time, and you know, you you can't touch them. Uh, and darts, of course, uh, yeah. is is uh, one of these occasions where the, the two players are right on top of each other. It's kind of a lot of pressure it's on both. It's never an actual fight, though. We've There's seen a few. No, we, you know, brush shoulders now and again. There's yeah. some verbals. We, again, we saw it last. Yeah, uh, it was quite unpleasant. Over the weekend with the with uh, uh, Peter Wright and Adrian Lewis having a fallout with uh, Adrian Lewis. Over a floorboard, I think. <laughs> That's right. Uh, apparently, Peter Wright in passing had said there's a loose floorboard there, and it completely threw Adrian Lewis, and he thought it was part of a master plan by Peter Wright to uh, break his concentration. He's seen it all before. Uh, for many years, of course, darts presenter on Sky. Still loves the darts. Dave Clark, good afternoon, Dave. Hi guys, how you doing? Good, thank you. So, where does this one rank? Of the, the thing is, you know, when you when you come to write the book, you'll be. I know you want to keep your powder dry, I guess, but you'll be able to tell all these stories of th these feuds that sort of probably carried on backstage. By the look of Peter Wright's face, he was ready to carry on when he got backstage as well, wasn't he? Big time, yeah. Darts is littered with, with bust-ups and disagreements over the years. Remember Eric Bristow back in the day telling me about him and Jockey Wilson. Jockey Wilson, who were playing at a home international in Glasgow, and Jockey Wilson kicked him on the leg with, with, his, with his sharp boot and cut, cut Brissy's leg open. And he <laughs> played, played the entire match bleeding from his leg. And he ended up, ended up beating Jockey Wilson. And someone threw a full can of lager on stage just before he hit the winning double. 
and, and, and Eric picked it up, drank it down in one, hit the winning double and walked off stage. So <laughs> plenty of plenty of previous with, with these guys. But Limp yeah, Ryan Lewis, Lewis, Lewis has been, you know, the end of these quite a few times. I remember in 2006, he, he had a bit of a strop with uh, Peter Wundart Manley. Manley was the king of the wind-ups. He was the quarterfinals of the 2006 World Championship. And Manley did, played an absolute blinder on Adrian Lewis because he, he, he ticked every box, hit, ticked every button, pushed every button, slowing down the tempo of the match. You know, every time he got a double, he'd walk slowly up, 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 up the hockey and pull it out of the board slowly. He changed his shirt midway through the match. So that threw Adrian as well. Adrian ended up walking off stage and, and he came back on and, and, and you, could, you could see Manley loving it. And he said, you're having it large, Adrian, when he was throwing, talking in his ear. So he used all the tactics. And it's, it's, just, it's just mind games, isn't it? And, and, you know, these guys use every, every trick in the book to try and get a win. The, the biggest, the near, you say that it doesn't come to, to, to blows. It nearly did when Gary Anderson played uh, Gerwin Price mm. at the Grand Slam in 2018. Uh, it got so bad that it, it was £110,000 to the winner. Gerwin Price ended up winning it. He got fined £21,500 of that which was later halved because it got really nasty on stage. Verbal sparring throughout, um, an exuberant celebration from, from, from the Welshman. And he, he went mad. And, uh, and Gary Anderson took out a 174 and, and pushed him when he was, when he was on stage. And, and it, came, it nearly came to blow. The nearest I've seen to a scrap on stage. Wow. But, but that was a big one. 2018 Grand Summer Dars. There was Painter against Taylor, wasn't there as well? That was, a, that was a long-running feud, wasn't it? Kevin mm. Painter and Phil the Power had a, had a thing on stage. I remember seeing them backstage yeah. once at the Worlds and they, they seemed to be getting on fine. They'd obviously put that one to bed. Yeah, big, it's a combination of testosterone and a couple of cooking lagers as well, normally, with these guys. <laughs> Painter had a belter with, with, with Justin Pipe. Justin Pipe was a, a former cage fighter who didn't play wow. the quickest darts. And uh, he, he ended up winning the match quarterfinal at the Grand Prix, I think, in 2012. And Justin Pipe ended up doing like air punches, an elbow smash <laughs> in the air. And it really, really, really knocked off Kevin Painter. He went up there, shook hands and swore in his face. It got really nasty. Again, security had to, had to get in. The security guys could be quite busy at the darts, but, you know, this is still part of the sport. And we love it as well. Back in the day on Sky Sports, a montage before they played each other the next time. Of, of the head-to-heads and the verbals works brilliantly. It's like selling a, you know, it's all about personality and rivalry sports, isn't it? You've got the personality, you've got the rivalry. And it, it, it's, it's a great build-up, you know, for the next next time we meet. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There are some you can tell that they, they, they really don't like each other. You know, as you said, it's if some not not everybody gets on with everybody and you can see those guys that, that really don't like each other. Well, they're taking bread off each other's tables, aren't they? I remember 2013, um, real Barney rumble with Taylor. I don't even remember this. The, uh, um, Barney was was uh, launched an incredible comeback from five one down and ended up losing to to Taylor. But Taylor t- took umbrage and they shook hands at the end and, and Taylor sort of pushed him away and it got really nasty and they were pushing each other off stage and it nearly kicked off behind in the car park out the back as well. So <laughs> wow. you know if, if, even those two guys, Barney and Taylor, wow. it's, it's, it's they had a history of rivalry over the years. Taken into the car park. That is, yeah. that is bad. <laughs> isn't it? It's like it's like Anchorman. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Brissy was, was the king of, of, of windups as well. I remember remember telling me that played Rod Harrington once, and he asked Rod if he held his breath when he threw a dart, and and Rod couldn't couldn't fathom whether he did or not, and he was messing about with his breathing the whole whole match, <laughs> completely completely messed with his head. So Rod was thinking, do I hold my breath? Do I, do I, do I breathe out when I throw the dart? 
and he absolutely got pummeled by Bristow. Bristow, Bristow used to plant these seeds in your brain before he played him wow. and, and ended up having a nightmare. Uh, before we let you go, Dave, Leeds are your team, of course, and a bit, a bit of talk over the weekend. They're always not well between Marcelo Bielsa and Calvin Phillips. I mean, how are you looking at life at Ellen Road at the moment? Uh, it's, it's quite tough, man. I went to see the Spurs game. First half were brilliant. Calvin Phillips was amazing, wasn't he? During that game, fantastic, mm. spraying the ball all over the place. Uh, and the the, the um, Brighton game of the weekend was very disappointing. You know, I think we got away with one then. Graham Potter was talking about um, the fans, you know, booing booing the Brighton players afterwards. Um, I think that's really uh, they should have won that match, but they haven't got a strike, have they? So Mopé missed an absolute sitter. But but Leeds have got a really tough. Christmas as well, so it could be quite bad for him at the moment. Yeah. But I think Luke, once Luke Ayling comes back, once Bamford's back as well, just give the, the team a, a lift. Um, we haven't got a, a, a lot of strength in depth in the Leeds at the moment, so hopefully a couple of signings during the transfer window as well. But, you know, just above the drop zone at the moment, it's, it's going to be tough, I think. Tough yeah. running. I was impressed with Harrison against Spurs first half. He was excellent. Um, yeah. And are you expecting to lose Phillips? You expect him not to be there next season finally? I think we've got to we've got to enjoy the days of Rafinha and, and Phillips because a lot of clubs are going to be after them. You know, two brilliant players, uh, and I think I think Phillips will be a target for loads of clubs next season. He's the the talk of him moving position when 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 he had that bust with Bielsa, supposedly bust with Bielsa. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it doesn't doesn't bode well, does it? But we want a lot of money for him if anyone's out there wanting. <laughs> yeah, Cheers, Dave. All the best. Good to talk to you. Cheers, boys. Really good to talk to you. See you soon. Bye. There we are. Uh, Dave Clark there. Good old Dave. Good. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Won't you help me? Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. That's uh, Spotlight by uh, Charlie Starmer-Smith. Charlie is the son of Nigel Starmer-Smith, the former England uh, rugby player and a man I think we all remember watching as a, a rugby commentator, rugby uh, special, the, the regular show. Brilliant used to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Nigel is uh, unfortunately experiencing um, the kind of uh, quite serious latter stages of of uh, Alzheimer's at the moment. Um, a very powerful film I saw a while back, and it, sadly, it's kind of unrecognisable from from the young rugby player and, and broadcaster that, that we knew well. Um, all the proceeds for the single is going to the Alzheimer's Society, and uh, Charlie joins us now. Good afternoon, Charlie. Hi guys, how are you doing? Yeah, good. good thank you. Yeah, as I said, watching watching the film with your dad, it, it's I, I went through the same thing with my my mother in law, and that that physical kind of deterioration is is incredibly incredibly hard to take. And I'm sure it's a shock. It was a shock. A lot of people probably reached out to you after they saw it, that and said, I, they, "I didn't realize, you know, your dad was was maybe as bad as he is." Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's one of those things you you agonize over a bit, and and, and you may have felt the same. The, the idea of cameras going in to, to film your dad when he's, you know, sort of a shadow of his former self. But I, I felt it was important to see dad, you know, as, as you've described in, in his in his youth, in his pomp, and then seeing what he's like now. And I think that, you know, really underlines, I hope for people, what this, you know, this terrible disease, dementia can do and what it does. Um, I mean, what's been really heartwarming yeah, is, is the is the outpouring of messages and support that, that I've had and, and so many people, I mean, thousands of people have been in touch to say they're in a similar situation to me. And, and you know, I think it's 850,000 people officially have dementia, but then you think of the millions of people that are affected beyond that. It's, um, you know, it's really one of those things that's, that's such a massive issue in this country. And, you know, I'm hoping that the music helps bring it to light a bit. It's a lovely song and it's doing well, isn't it? 
I'm, I'm honestly amazed. I hadn't even told my work colleagues. Um, it's not my day job. Um, and um, yeah, that quickly, uh, quickly found out over the weekend. And, you know, people, you know, sportsmen and rugby players and the general public have been sharing it. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's got into the top 10 of on the iTunes chart. And I nearly, mm. nearly fell off my chair when, when I sent that. So I'm delighted. It's great. I mean, it is a deeply personal lyric, that little piece we heard there. But as I think, as you said, an awful lot of people are going through it. And I think it'll, I think it'll touch them really. They're, you know, your experience is, is their experience. I hope so. And I mean, it, for me, it's been a, a particularly tough year um, my mum passed away earlier this year and she was the one who sort of pushed me into it she'd been living with us while she, while she was quite ill and uh and had nagged me to to try and do something with the music so um yeah I, I suppose she's to blame but also to thank and um yeah and I think um it is very personal but I think what what I've quickly found out is is everyone feels that way and I think you ask these questions about you know why has it happened to him and you know dad did a lot for people um throughout his life um, so it's one of those questions you have, but, you know, I think you guys would be familiar with it, but the sporting community is so great at getting behind causes, you know, whether that's Rob Burrows and, you know, and, and my dad's situation and similar, and it's mm. been, you know, really, really, you know, um, I'm really happy to, to have, you know, got so much support across, across the sport. Yep. And did you, did you ever play rugby? I did. I played, um, I mean, to be honest, I was marched down to mini rugby club age, age three, I think. <laughs> but, um, uh, but I did, I played, played uh, sort of England schoolboy level and then um, got injured in my year, sort of 1920. Um, but I mean, the sports moved on. I mean, everyone's so, so massive and I'm definitely a scrum half and a short one at that, but I, I love the game. Um, you know, grew up with sitting on the floor of commentary boxes up and down the country with, with dad commentating. And, and that was pretty special times. Do you think your dad's condition has anything to do with playing rugby for so many years, Charlie? It's a really hard one. I mean, we've got dementia in in the family. His brother sadly uh, died from dementia as well, and he the Horsfield Jacobs Daily Podcast is as likely to be that. But but I think that I think there is no doubt that sports like rugby football obviously as well um uh, boxing and all of them there, there are lots of questions that need to be answered and i think you know what i would like to see with with the, the money raised and everything everyone else is doing um alzheimer's society have a, a sport united against dementia campaign where they're doing research into exactly that what are the links between contact sports and head trauma and and dementia and i think it's getting facts um rather than opinions that kind of what where i stand on it yeah, I think you're right. And uh, I seeing from your Twitter feed that somebody posted a link to the theme from Rugby Special, and it is such an evocative theme. You immediately think of your father it's and the program. Very much of its time. Well, it was Jacob's instrumentally on Charlie. Maybe maybe it's time to do an updated version on the yeah. album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll have a think about that one. No, it was it was sort of a Sunday institution. I think it was yeah. that, and then you know it had Ski Sunday, and uh, yeah, and some pretty dodgy haircuts. Uh, sort of laughing at some of the pictures being sent of Dad, but. No, it brings back happy memories for sure. Yeah, you have to rent in a few vintage synths, I think, for that that particular yeah, session. Yeah. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Um, I think you were you were planning to to sing the the song at Twickenham at the weekend, weren't you, for the Barbarians they, game? They, well, they were. Yeah, they were going to actually not sing it. They were going to play it on the big screen, oh, right. which they did. Go ahead, but I think you know, sadly, you know, not quite the crowds um, you hope for um, when you know when the, when the, the men's game is off. But uh, you mm. know. I was, really pleased to see a good good turnout for, for the women's game so that was that was a you know a really big thing and no the plan is to yeah to, to to definitely you know get some performances out there and um 
um, I'm due to, I can't say who, but due to be, I've just been asked to go on tour in, uh, in February with a, with a big name artist. So I'm, I'm oh. really excited, slightly nervous about that, but it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's something that's a real positive in a, in a, you know, pretty dark time for me. And the music was a hobby, wasn't it? Which is kind of, it sounds like hmm. it's, it's, it's becoming more than that now. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, totally a hobby um, and um, just sort of a, a really funny sequence of events that, that you know, it got played on a, a, on another radio station when it was just sort of recorded on an old four track and I'd sent it in um, with, you know, with my mum nagging me to do so. And then a producer got in touch who I thought was a mate winding me up until I realised it was actually a real producer. And, and from there, yeah, it's really kicked on. And, and I thought, yeah, that, you know, the song, one of the songs that I'd written, so I've recorded an album, but, but, but this song I'd written about dad, I'd never thought would be played, you know, outside of my bedroom, let alone, you know, on, on the radio. So it's, it's, you know, it's really personal. It's taken a bit to get over the embarrassment. I suppose it's like someone reading out your diary or something like that, but it's um, but something, you know, I'm, I'm going to pursue it as far as I can. And, and, you know, if it can raise money along the way and awareness, then, then that's great. Excellent. Well, look, we wish you well, yeah, with, wish you well with, with Spotlight. Thanks very much, Charlie. Good to Thank talk to you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. All the proceeds from the single are going to the Alzheimer's Society. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. It's a big glitzy affair in, in mm. Paris uh, this evening and it's a fantastic setting, but um, the guys at uh, Offside Sports, a photographic agency, sent out an old picture of Le Keeps from 1956 when Sir Stanley Matthews won it. Yeah. And uh, it looks like he's being presented by the Mayor of Blackpool. I think it is, yeah. isn't it? I think that's traditional. The Mayor of Blackpool will be there tonight to hand <laughs> it over to Lionel Messi and go, well, be, I don't know why you've won it, mate. It would be lovely, wouldn't it? Every year, the Mayor of Blackpool, <laughs> whoever that is at the time, has to come along and, and hand it out. Yeah, it was a bit more low key in those days. Not that there's anything wrong with the Mayor of Blackpool. No, not at all. <laughs> I, uh, no disrespect to the yeah. Mayor of Blackpool. Well, I always enjoy Paul Jiggins' uh, match report. It was very amusing and uh, he, he sort of starts something and he always weaves it back and he, so he said, the travelling Everton fans held aloft a banner before kick-off. It read, we demand nil satis nisi optimum. Yes. Uh, if I remember correctly, he says, Paul, my GCE in Latin, <clears throat> it roughly translates as nothing but the best is good enough. And uh, then he writes, he finishes it by saying, it wasn't the ideal pr- preparation for Wednesday's Merseyside derby. Anyone know the Latin for mutual consent? Yes, well, <laughs> you could well be right. Which is what we were speaking um, about just then. We mentioned earlier on um, competitions between posters to see who can hold out the longest mm. in shorts. This is quite common in, uh, in the sort of de- delivery sorting offices around the country. And Ryan, uh, Charlton fan, says, I'm a delivery driver for, let's say, Fresco. And we have the same bet as the Fresco. Yeah, we have the same bet uh, as drivers as the posties do, um, mm. as to who can uh, wear shorts the longest. I've had shorts on for 363 days last year. I'm still not sure when the bet ends, and I'm still waiting on pay, uh, payment. And uh, I work as the delivery driver, says Jeff on the M5. Uh, always wear shorts in the winter. It's easier to dry wet legs with a towel than remain in wet long trousers all day. I've been a shorts wearer for 20 years well this is uh, are you as hard as Sean Dyche well, you? what you don't know is that after the cameras stopped recording yesterday at Burnley Sean stripped down to his speedos and started rolling about like, in the snow. speedo Sean he but loves speedo it. Mick yeah <laughs> fantastic okay brilliant you can keep those coming talksport.com text 8 to 89 TSH and J Cheddar Kev tells us uh, actors being drafted in for the Arab Cup uh, in Qatar mm. uh, over the next few days and surely they chant uh, sing when you're filming you only <laughs> sing when probably perfectly in tune with harmonies thank you Ken Marvelous. for that so yeah actors are being drafted in 
yeah. uh, to uh, oh, apparently 22 police officers, British police officers, have gone over. I don't know, just what, to watch it. I don't know. Well, I think just, just to advise. Oh, the, to advise. Yeah, oh yes, of course. I'm sure. The, uh, just end up with a nice police. Nice little uh, trip for them. So uh, keep those coming. Talksport.com. Text eight ten eighty nine. Tweet TSH and J. Anything else you want to share with the class? There's a quite interesting piece in the Sunday Times yesterday. It was on their online section, but it, it trailed it in the newspaper. It said, uh, "Solskjaer, my part and his downfall." Read Duncan Castles on the background to last week's Sunday Times exclusive. I was thinking, well, what part did you play his downfall? Apart from s- have a go at him with Twitter for about three years, <laughs> but I think I think the results probably were the ones that fixed it for him. I don't think it was you, really, Duncan. But who knows? It could have been. It could, could have been. been. Who knows? And uh, Sylvia Monk has written a... She's a traditional letter writer to the Sun. She's oh, yeah, yeah. Many, many letters published over the years. And she's just got the formula. She knows how to do it. So here's one. Uh, I just love Olympic diver Tom Daly and his knitting. He's quite an inspiration with his incredible fun designs. And I'm sure I'll have a keen generation of young knitters following him and his new business. That's nice. <laughs> just a nice little positive <laughs> yes, yeah. 50, 60 words just to brighten up people's day, Andy. I know it doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't do anything for you. I've certainly got a spring in my step after the after the, <laughs> listening to that. Uh, Les, the Bristol City fan, said uh, looking forward mm. to the Arrowhead Cup with all the actors in the crowd uh, up on the big uh, scoreboard when there's a VAR moment. It, will it say a goal or not a goal? That is the question. That's a very good chance. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Comedian Scott Bennett has got a gig in uh, London tonight. Very plush theatre in the West End. He's popped in to see us, Scott. Good afternoon. Good, Good afternoon. You. Thank yeah. you for having me. It's nice. The Vaudeville on the Strand. I know, yes. Yeah. First time I've ever been there, to be honest. They've let <laughs> me in. I think they'll think I'm just a, sort of an usher who's got a bit overconfident. <laughs> <laughs> the career's going well, though, isn't it? It's going well, yeah. I mean, it, you never know where you are, dear, along the timeline. I think it's going it's going okay. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm happy with where things are going. How long have you been doing stand-up then Scott well I've been doing it for about 10 years right. but then I only went professional in 2017 mm-hmm. so I did like a day job a career well yeah. I say a day job it was a proper career 
uh, product designer alongside it. Right. So my boss would sort of look at me thinking, why is he a little bit tired? Because I've been to Glasgow the night before, you know. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a big call, isn't it, when you get to that point where you think, I can't do both of these two things I'm going to have to. I mean, we were yeah. was in this uh, in, in, on this show where... Uh, uh, John Bishop was a regular guest on the show, and John uh, John came in when they were, he was still working full time. Had his suit on, his briefcase. Yep. And he said, "This is it, boys." He said, "I'm going off to see the gaffer after this. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a crack. I'm gonna go full time." Well, so, he, he and that w- kind of panned out rather well. He, he waited till he was on telly, though, didn't he? He yeah. literally recorded when he was still working. Mm. That's what people don't realise. I think if you've got a family and a mortgage, which yeah. I have, I think you can't just sort of go, right, I'm going to follow my dream, darling. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it is a weird one. But, uh, I mean, I, I always say I, I recommend doing what I did, which was to, you know, you know, go for it, jump both feet into it and ask my wife to go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> which she, Gemma, two, Gemma in, did, which is incredible. Yeah, in 2015, though, I mean, before mm. you went full-time, you were in the top ten shows of the Fringe. So you... You must have known that you had something. Going yeah, there. I think what was really interesting was um, you, you sort of do know, but I, I'm, a, I'm sort of a bit of risk adverse. And I, re- I remember I got offered to go and do tour support for Rob Bryden the mm. same week as my boss offered me a di- to be a director. Mm. So I had to make a wow. decision going one way or the other. And I, it was a, I remember coming home thinking, oh, God, I don't know what to do. Do you know? Mm. But then, because you sat there and someone's going, oh, you can have all this stuff. And then you're ready, just thinking, but I've got to get to Hull for 50 quid. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you know, in a weird way, that's the decision made, isn't it? Really? Yeah. That you're going yeah. to go for it, aren't mm. you? You just, you just did the Apollo, but it was d- delayed for 24 hours, wasn't it? Yeah, because of uh, Stockport County and Bolton Wanderers, which was a cracking game. <laughs> I mean, it was. The, 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 really, the, the thing is, though, I, I think like people probably don't realise. Imagine that, like, you've got like 10. Years of graft, yeah, going up and down the motorway. You've sacrificed time with your kids, and and like, and you think this is the moment we'll get all the family round, get the snacks out, <laughs> yeah, yeah. sit down, and then you're bumped for a football match. <laughs> then, but then the thing was, my dad rang afterwards, and I think he was winding me up, but he went, You were brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> but it did make me laugh because I did test people who hadn't watched it, some oh, of my okay. mates, because I texted him and said, What did you think? They were like, Well, oh, it was great, mate. <laughs> like, Which bits did you like? The start was strong, yeah. <laughs> Because it is a big deal, isn't it? I mean, it's a yeah. it's a it's a kind of big great audience. Yeah, great yes. shot window for you. Yeah, as we were saying earlier on, it, it it does use up some of your gold material wise, doesn't it? But it's the trade off of getting that kind of profile yeah. against maybe having to retire some of your best work. Yeah, and and the weird thing was is that when I, when we recorded it, I tried to just think, oh, it's just another gig, and you, mm. know, you try and sort of stay in the moment, and then you stood behind the sign, and it goes up, and the smoke comes out, and you go, oh my world, this is happening, and then you just every Everything just feels like a, it's like your wedding or something. You sort of can't remember the moments. But yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. I still can't believe it's happened. To be honest, yeah. it's, it's so unexpected. Now yeah. you said your wife went back to work. Was that as a ball girl at Notts County? That <laughs> no, wasn't her full time job. <laughs> no, she was a ball girl. Yeah, when, yeah, many years ago, and she sort of. I think they had a, quite a good period, didn't they? At one oh, yeah, point, they when, did. I, I, she was she was trying to tell me about. It. I think they, they, they went to the playoffs and stuff, and then yeah. uh, and then I think it sort of nosedived, didn't it? But I mean, I, I went to see Huddersfield Town as a kid a lot with my dad. And I always remember us just losing every week. <laughs> we were in a really bad period. And I think that was like, my dad had taken me to the football. And I think at some point he just went, we can't do this anymore. <laughs> it's not good for morale for the family, you know. <laughs> a little bit of a glory run in the Premier League. Didn't go that well, but yeah. they, they survived one year, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, they and did, yeah. Went David down the Wagner and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. 
And uh, during the pandemic, I was reading that you did uh, stand up from the shed, which yeah. must have been interesting. So yeah, this is this is. I think this is sort of a weird thing because I think when it all happened, everyone we panicked a little bit, mm. and I uh, I jokingly said, "Oh, I'm going to do some shows from a, to a webcam." Uh, in a shed and then everyone went that's a great idea and I went oh is it and so I did it and it's like it was like a cross between Babe Station and B&Q <laughs> just, just, I thought this is my job now just shouting into a webcam and um, yeah the, the first one sort of went a little bit viral I think we had like 40,000 views or something wow, it, went, really? it was like people just and then it sort of it went on the BBC and Sky News and everyone and everyone and like people are interviewing me going oh this is a really good idea and I was like well, it wasn't really an idea but and I think like one one man's pandemic's another man's career break in a yeah. way, but um, but yeah, it, it sort of what was really surreal about that whole moment is like the, there were people watching who never seen me do stand up in a, on the stage. Yeah. So people in Colorado and like uh, uh, in Singapore, and I'm thinking, why are you watching me in a shed? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, people, had, I mean, people had nothing to do. I think that's they? what I mean, it you was. Got, you had a proper reason. captive audience. So yeah. So are you sort of touring Dallas and um, and uh, well the, real, the Philippines soon? Or well, the weird thing was is because we were in the shed doing these, and then when 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 the real lockdown happened, we were doing all these Zoom gigs. Mm. So like doing entertaining people on Zoom, which is a, I mean, there's nothing worse than dying on Zoom, by the way. <laughs> if you can imagine that, yeah, just yeah. seeing the numbers dwindle in real time yeah, <laughs> as people go and make casseroles and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, we sort of like, it was one of those things where I'd click on a link and i go, I'm going to do a gig in Singapore, then I'd finish that one, then I'd go and do one in Doncaster, then click on one. It was it was so surreal, yeah. all standing in the shed. And then I'd go back in the house, my kids would be sat on the sofa, I'd be like, right, shall I make dinner? <laughs> it, was the, it was the most surreal moment, but yeah, yeah sort of amazing, really. Maybe You've got a few strings to your bow, you? You, mm. you do make little comedy short films. You've done pretty well with that, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Gemma, my wife's like a... She's a really good com comedic actress as well, so we made one called Caravan of Love, which... Um, we did as a little pilot and we're hoping to make, I think there's a few people are quite interested in us doing something with the shed, taking the shed on the road, oh, that'd be nice. which would be amazing. Because at, at the end of each broadcast, I used to ring my parents who were still around. They're up in uh, Pontefract. And my dad's now retired and plays the ukulele, which is horrific as it sounds. <laughs> but he goes to this group and they're all sort of retired and they just play the ukulele. And my mum sings. So they used to play us out every week. Um, and my dad would be playing the ukulele. So I they all got to know sort of members of the family and stuff. It became a little bit of a community, you know. Wow. We, uh, yeah. We've had a guy on this show a few times. He motorises un unusual stuff and he did motorise a shed. He I saw it. About 80 miles. The same out, guy who does the wheelbarrow. He does, yeah. yeah, he does a lot of yeah, different yeah. things. So maybe he could motorise your shed. You could take it on tour. I'd love that. And uh, fly up the M1. Need a big extension lead. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but it was it was so weird because Gemma. Th this is a thing. It's sort of a bit fate, really. Because when I quit my job, Gemma, I came home and Gemma had bought me that shed as a surprise. Wow. So it was in the garden. It said like Scott's writing shed. And then I, as the days went on, I thought I know why she's done that. It's to get me out of the way. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, There's another I'm, room you can go in on your own. I'm an idiot. I'm going. Thank you so much. She's going. No pleasure's all mine. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we'll bring you a coffee just get down that garden so like um, so it became like if I hadn't have had that I think I don't know if I'd have done it you know so it's a, wow. a weird thing so we can see you at the Vaudeville Theatre in London tonight but I yeah. take it you're, you're gigging all the time around the country I'm gigging all the time <clears throat> scottbennettcomedy.co.uk is my website and then I've got a new tour starting in 22 which is oh, called excellent. Great Scott which is got nothing to do with Back to the Future it's just a name I thought of mm. uh, and that's that's going all around the country uh, and so tickets are on sale now and then, um, yeah, it's just my favourite 
stand-up bits. Because I think as well what I've realised is, I know you, you feel like, you know, you, you overblow stand-up and say, oh, it's really like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a key worker. Do you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like morale boost. We're not going to go out and clap for you. <laughs> you know, no one's clapping. Well, you can, but time <laughs> yeah. with the punchlines. Yeah. You know, that'd be helpful. Um, but I think it's like one of those where I think um, you, you sort of realised when we didn't have it and when it came back for a little bit, the audiences were so brilliant. Mm. And I think everyone was like, we need a little bit of a distraction. So mm. so I think my show's really like a, just a proper Saturday night, just come out, forget what's going on and just just entertainment really the sort of like classic sort of stand up show yeah. you know brilliant, brilliant. well look, good luck tonight yeah. enjoy you. enjoy the yeah. uh, enjoy the, the vaudeville and uh, thanks for popping in to see us we'll see you again thank you for having me scott bennett there the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast yes there we are that was this afternoon's show we'll do it all again tomorrow myself and charlie andy you're back on wednesday i am yes yep busy weekend sorry a busy week of football to look forward to do hope you can join us on one tomorrow if not podcast available at around five o'clock. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.